0: Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast Uh, and again in the break from the not quite established tradition on this show this is split into two parts. Number 13 covers the process of putting tracheostomies in and this one focuses more on a little bit of physiology and when to take the thing out. So some useful points on anatomy and physiology there are 18 to 22 tracheal rings for the distance from the cricoid to the carina is about 11 centimeters and compared to normal breathing tracheostomy removes dead space by about maybe 100 mils. There's probably no realistic change in dead space when compared to an endotracheal tube. Most of the resistance in breathing is through the nose and the mouth so a tracheostomy theoretically removes that resistance um, but the size of a tracheostomy where the internal diameters are typically 68 millimetres means that you kind of lose that benefit overall. Overall there's less work of breathing in spontaneous breathing patients with a tracheostomy. When weaning, we often cap the tube to allow the patient to breathe around it, and a smaller tube will make this easier. As do fenestrations in the tube, allowing more airflow over the cords up to the mouth, um, and also how well the cuff actually deflates when you deflate it, and will make a big difference to this too. There are several studies suggesting uh, reduced work of breathing with a tracheostomy versus an endotracheal tube. So in terms of dongles that you might find hanging on the end of a tracheostomy, um, a Swedish nose is a common one. This is effectively a heat moisture exchanger or an HME with an O2 port on it. You may find a Passy or a speaking valve, um, which is a little valve that allows airs in but doesn't allow air out. So when the patient goes to vocalise, vocalize, um, the air can't get out the Passy valve and instead passes over the vocal cords generating phonation. In terms of decannulation, this is not a straightforward question, but there are a few things to consider when thinking about taking it out. Firstly, is the underlying condition resolved or at least stable? Um, Ensure there's no ongoing mechanical ventilation need, um, including, for example, no need for non-invasive ventilation, as you will not be able to use non-invasive in the immediate decannulation period without making the patient look a little bit like a Michelin man full of subcutaneous emphysema. Um, Is there a good cough? Is there good overall strength? and what about secretion burden Low um, note that the presence of a tracheostomy itself can itself um, actually stimulate secretions and um, people often ask have they passed a trial of cuff down which can be up to a 72 hour period with the cuff down before they consider decannulation uh, though i did read a recent rct that suggested that decannulating based on suctioning frequency rather than passing a capping trial significantly improved time to and successful decannulation and the study is in the show notes. And um, the last thing to ask, I suppose, is are they able to tolerate a 25% increase in worker breathing that comes with moving the orifice from the neck to the mouth? Okay, so what do you do if the tracheostomy falls? out unintentionally especially in the early period. So this is a recurring perennial cause of airway misadventure uh, frequently resulting in death and the UK National Tracheostomy Safety Project is an excellent resource that is well worth some time engaging with. I interviewed the lead for that Brendan McGrath for the Royal College of Emergency Medicine the RKM Learning Podcast um, a year or two ago and it's well worth a listen. The single take home might be if it's not been in very long then it's safest just to re from the top end. In terms of references and reading for this post, um, there's a paper by Epstein on the anatomy and physiology of tracheostomy from 2005 in respiratory care. There's the ANZIC statement um, on tracheostomy, which is real worth reading, Um, the RKM learning podcast on tracheostomy that I mentioned, and the National Tracheostomy Safety Project. And finally, the RCT by Martinez in the New England Journal in 2020, which was high flow oxygen with capping or suctioning for tracheostomy decannulation. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.